Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Vision Portraits is a deeply personal documentary by award-winning filmmaker Rodney Evans, also known for such films as Brother to Brother. As he explores how his loss of vision may impact his creative future and what it means to be a blind or visually impaired creative artist. It's a celebration of possibilities of art created by a Manhattan photographer by the name of John Dugdale, a Bronx dancer by the name of Kayla Hamilton, and a Canadian writer by the name of Ryan Knighton, and the filmmaker himself, who each experienced varying degrees of visual impairment. And that is the premise behind this terrific new documentary film that is coming out here in Los Angeles uh, this Friday, August 23rd. And the film is called Vision Portraits. And we're joined today by the director and producer, Rodney Evans. Rodney Evans, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. This is a just a beautiful film to look at uh, visually. It is a such a warm film. Um, and... Uh, the people that you bring into this uh, into this project are just all in their own way, just very s- wonderful, special people in terms of uh, their experiences, but also how they're maintaining their creativity. And, and so tell me a little bit about what sort of prompted you to to want to make uh, vision portraits. Um, you know, I think I was initially inspired to make vision portraits just out of fear of my... Um, creative future, really, and how uh, deteriorating vision might impact my creative future. And so um, I am just one of those filmmakers that instead of running away from their fears, I tend to confront them head on. And um, and this project was uh, no different. So um, I decided to look at um, that that you know, what in my mind I think had become the worst-case scenario, what would happen if I lost all of my vision, how would I continue to create art, and were there people out there who were either fully blind or um, severely visually impaired, and what was their creative process like, and how did they continue to make art? And so I sought out specific people that, um, you know, I wanted to engage with and talk to about their creative process um, in an attempt to confront my own fears. Rodney Evans, describe a little bit about your um, your actual impairment, your visual impairment for our audience. Yeah, so I have a genetic eye condition called retinitis pigmentosa, which just in general means um, that your retina is is deteriorating to a certain level, and what that Um, basically results in is a lack of peripheral vision and um, minimal night vision. And so um, the way that I see is basically it's like tunnel vision, or sometimes I describe it as being a horse with blinders. So yeah, I can, I have perfect central vision. Like I can see what's right in front of me, but um, if you are, say, two inches to my left, then I probably am not seeing you. And 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so mm-hmm. that kind of impacts filmmaking, obviously, in different ways. Mm-hmm. And so over the years, I've, I've learned to accommodate due to that condition. In your your previous work, you were known as a, a director of narrative films, uh, such I mentioned Brother to Brother, the, the Happy Sad, and Billy and Aaron, or some of your previous work. And here mm-hmm. and you here you are as a documentary filmmaker. What is that sort of uh, the, the carryover for you, for you as a narrative, primarily a narrative director, carrying it over into the realm of a documentary? How have you? How is that? helped you or guided you or have you done documentary uh, film work before this? Yeah, I mean, I started out in documentary as as an undergraduate and um, primarily made documentaries, um, albeit more experimental documentaries, um, in graduate film school. Um, And so that, that was kind of my background. So for me, the big shift was moving into narrative with brother brother to brother and um and working with actors and figuring out how to construct a screenplay that was really complicated <laughs> and had um had two different time periods and and how to make all of that balance that being said i guess i don't i just i don't think of them as that different in my mind in my mind it's all, it's all storytelling yeah. it's all it's all finding the right form that the story needs to be told in. And in this case, I thought it was documentary. And I think one of the other beneficial aspects of documentary is that you can green light yourself and you can pick up a camera and go over to a photographer's house with a list of 15 questions and talk to him about his photos and the stories behind those photos and film him holding up the photos to the camera, film him with, um, you know, evening hour light streaming in through the window as he peruses his book of photographs, and you have a scene, right? And you've started, whereas with fiction film, I think it just takes a a lot more... um, packaging and a lot more um, things to align in order for you to begin. So on some level, I feel like um, moving back and forth really actually is helpful to me as a filmmaker, and it, it kind of, they balance each other out mm-hmm. in, some, in some respects, in that I'm not sitting around waiting for, uh, you know, an agency to give my script to their client and for their client to read it and get back to me and let me know if they're interested in order for the financier to feel like they have enough security right. in their investment, right. you know, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. So yeah. All, all of those things don't enter the equation. I just call up a a DP friend and we get two cameras and we get a Zoom recorder and we go. As you're responding to that question and you're thinking about the difference between documentary and and, and narrative film, uh, there's something that occurred to me and correct me if I'm wrong or if you think this is a, a correct perception and that is with a narrative film, there are expectations built into every day that you're filming, right? You've got mm-hmm. a script, a certain amount of pages you want to knock out, certain way you want it to look. It very, and it, it, I would assume on balance, it tends to be a little more specific, at least in your expectation and your goals. And in a documentary film, 
there are levels of expectation, obviously, through your preparation and the questions you ask and all. You're directing, in a way, you're directing the direction of your conversations. Yeah. But, it, but there is a certain amount of letting go of the steering wheel when you're doing a documentary film that you wouldn't normally do as a narrative filmmaker. And I'm wondering if that that sense of sort of letting go of the, the steering wheel a little bit would carry back over into your narrative filmmaking as well. Is that is that is that a a, a reasonable uh, arc of a of a of a, a perception of what I'm what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like for me, I've I've never seen the two as um, that separate yeah. as aesthetically being that different. And yeah. I'm I'm actually really interested in hybrid forms. I'm interested in actors embodying characters. I'm interested in in letting go of the dialogue as written on the page mm -hmm. and giving the actors the freedom to create their own dialogue within the event of a scene, right? right. Which is very similar to, to documentary in that, you know, yeah. people don't have scripts. They're, they're engaging in the moment and they're talking about a specific uh, topic that's probably fraught with some tension and I think that that, you know, carries over into into fiction filmmaking. So, you know, in the last few years, I've definitely been uh, exploring more improvisation, uh, especially on set with the actors. I think the actors really like that because it frees them up from literally feeling like they have to deliver every single line exactly as written they are more free to be in the moment and feel the emotion and the specific words, you know, might matter less than um, the content of the scene or what they're trying to get from the other person in the scene, which is where I try to try to put their focus, right. really. And so, I don't know, for me, the, the tools of, of both documentary and narrative are helpful in in each situation and it's just a lot of times it's just creating the environment where either the the documentary subject or the actors feel comfortable enough to make themselves vulnerable and either share something intimate with you or feel like they can give you their trust in sharing stories that are delicate that that have moved them emotionally in their life or creating an environment where the actors just feel safe to give the best performance possible and that you're yeah. watching them and that you're looking out for them and that you're going to steer them in the right direction if you feel like they're, they're going off course in terms of what the scene needs to be. Right. I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with Rodney Evans. He's the director, producer. I think you also did some editing in this film. Uh, the film is called Vision Portraits. It is at the, playing at the Lemley Royal Theater, opening today, August 23rd. Are you in town for, uh, for a Q&A? I am, yeah. Well, I'll be doing Q&As um, both on Friday and Saturday after the 7.40 p.m. shows. So, yeah, I encourage people to come out and... Um, and ask me tons of questions, <laughs> share any thoughts and comments that they have in person. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and, and I say this every time, uh, that every, every 
one every time there's a director in town for a Q&A that it's, first of all, it's a great film. It's a wonderful film to watch. You're in a theater with other people. You came there with somebody. You're going to talk about the film afterwards. It enhances the experience. You're going to see people in the lobby. You might talk to them about the, what you've just seen. But to have the filmmaker there, right there in front of you to talk to you about what it what, what in, went into the process, what went into uh, his or her thought process in making this work of art, there's nothing better. There's just nothing better. Um, it's a great way to experience yeah. it. So. Yeah, and we've got some really great moderators for the Q&A as well. Claire Aguilar um, from the International Documentary Association is moderating on Friday, and then Nick Novicki, um, who's a disability rights activist, does, uh, I believe, the Eastern Seals uh, Disability Challenge, uh, Disability Film Challenge, um, is also going to be moderating on Saturday after the 7.40 p.m. show. So, you know, we've chosen um, specific people, you know, to have um, engaging dialogues and um, to to bring the, the film to specific communities and, you know, make sure the talks are engaging and then obviously opening it up to audience questions and comments and things like that. Fantastic. And I also want to let people know that they can check this out on, is Facebook the best place to send somebody for uh, for more information about the film? Yeah. Okay. Our um, yeah. Vision Portraits movie is is our Facebook page, yeah. but if, if people aren't on social media, uh, a lot of the information is also on my website, which is rodneyevansfilm.com, and um, there's a link to the Lemley ticket um, website, and the schedule and everything is just, it right. it's literally right next to the opening date on the website, and so and there's a list of cities that we're going to be opening in throughout September. So if you want to tell people about it, you know, who don't happen to live in L.A. because we're opening, you know, in San Francisco on the 30th right. or in, in other parts of the country, um, it's, you know, we're going to be right. doing a, a slow rollout. So right. that's a good hub for information. It is. It is. You've got uh, your opening on the 30th in San Francisco in on the on September 6th in uh, Philly. Uh, yeah. You have Washington D.C., Baltimore, Chicago, Scotland, <laughs> and Seattle. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> there are these uh, people in the film that we mentioned: John Dugdale, who's a photographer; uh, Kayla Hamilton, who's a dancer; and then a writer by the name of Ryan Knighton. How did you um, How did you find uh, them, or did they hmm. find you? How did that sort of how that relationship that you developed with them? Um, yeah, it was different in in, in each case. Uh, Ryan and I were already friends um, uh, based on the fact that he had written a really powerful and impactful memoir called Cockeyed about being diagnosed with retinitis pigmentosa, which is the same genetic eye condition that I have. So he was diagnosed at 18, and he wrote this book called Cockeyed and that I read and, and um, was just incredibly moved by. And... Um, I knew that Ryan was adapting that book into a screenplay. So um, we met because I knew that there was no director attached to that screenplay. So we met under that guise in 2008 
and we just stayed friends. We have a, a very similar, what I like to call dark but uh, empathetic <laughs> sense of humor. Whenever he came to New York, we would just have coffee, talk about what each other w- was working on. Yeah, and so he was the first person that I called when I thought of the idea, and we just started brainstorming about different possibilities and characters, and it was just really galvanizing to have someone who, A, would just say yes and jump on board, and B, could collectively, you know, get in that creative box with me and start thinking about ways that the um, that the film could unfold. And, and so it, he was just really incredible. And then John Dugdale is someone who dated my brother's best friend for um, over 10 years. So I just asked uh, my brother's best friend, Daryl, <laughs> to put me in touch with him. And so John and I had lunch and hit it off. I ended up shooting in his Morton Street apartment slash studio. And and then Kayla, I didn't know at all. I was very wary of making a film with just men, frankly. (laughs) And um, so I was talking to a colleague at Swarthmore College where I teach, and I just said I am looking for a female visually impaired dancer, preferably of color, do you know anyone? And he just put that out in the world. And the next thing I knew, Kayla and I were emailing and um, we had brunch on a Sunday. And it just so happened that she was coming to the end of this three-year process of making this solo dance piece dealing with her visual impairment called Nearly Sighted which we see in the film. Right. And we met on a Sunday. I, the, the show was going up the following weekend. I asked her if I could come in and film rehearsals on Wednesday and Thursday and if I could film um, the opening weekend performances. And she said, yes. I went with my lovely DP slash sound person because <laughs> everybody <laughs> was doing double duty on this movie, yeah. Kirsten Rossi. And so she shot a lot of Kayla's footage, but then I was also running a B camera on a tripod where I was doing a lot of wide master shots from different vantage points as as Kirsten was doing a lot of the handheld work. So that's a little bit about how everyone got involved. Well, well, can I, just as an observation, all of them have, they share, there's one thing that I felt like watching them that they had in common. I thought there was this directness, there was an honesty about them. Uh, Both John and Ryan, there, there is a there is a I want John is a little more blunt and he's uh-huh. about it but I thought all of them expressed all of the things that come with uh, the visual impairment the 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 uh, dealing with the freedom sort of a, a sense of freedom and letting go of something and then exploring the other parts of your artistic sensibilities but they all have that. There's a certain, um, I just, yeah. I'm not not sure if I'm nailing what the what I'm trying to get yeah, to. Yeah. No, I think that's correct. You know, I think part of that comes from the fact that I'm a visually impaired filmmaker, and that there is a certain intimacy and trust and a, in a, in a shared experience yes. that I have with them that establishes an intimacy and a trust in the conversations 
that we were having. And frankly, I think that that is one of the things that made me become more of a character in the film in that I was getting getting specific kinds of conversations and there was a, a specific kind of vulnerability and trust and intimacy to the conversations that I think a fully sighted filmmaker who just came in from the outside into this topic would not be able to have access to. Yeah. And frankly, uh, Kayla even told me, she said, if, if Rodney wasn't visually impaired, like I wouldn't have done this film. Mm. So that, that just goes to show that it, it's, a, it's a bit of like a trust and an intimacy that gets earned experientially. Yeah. Like the, because you understand their struggle through your own struggle that you are able to have a really deep empathy with what they have gone through and you're going to treat that in a delicate way and they know that they can trust me to get the story right. And so, you know, I think that that was inherent in all of the interviews that I did for the film. And I think the way you just put that, Rodney Evans, is exactly what is so compelling about the film is that that sense of intimacy sharing uh that boldness of the character in within each of these artists is uh exactly why this is such a compelling film to see and you're you're right you are our guide through through the lives of these people and through your own life and how you're uh dealing with it and your all the different things that are going on as a part of this as an artist and as a, just a person trying to figure things out and um it it's just a you know it's a beautiful film to watch as well as look at it's a it's a visually compelling and uh and it's emotionally uh gripping to to be uh as well so um thank you oh you're so welcome thank you i i'm yeah i'm so happy we were able to uh to get together on this I want Likewise. yes uh, um the the film again is called vision portraits and uh, we have been talking with the producer, director, and editor of the film, and that would be Rodney Evans. It's opening here to uh, day, Los Angeles, at the Lemley Royal. That's August 23rd here in Los Angeles. And you can go to RodneyEvansFilm.com to see where else it will be screening as it moves around the country. And uh, Rodney Evans, thank you so very much for being here on Film School Radio. Oh, you're so welcome. It was a delight. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.